T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of Sports Daily on KFH. I'm Tommy Castor, along with Paul Savage and Chad Chambers, producing the program today. Your calls at 869-1240. Hope you're having a great Valentine's Day. By the way, hey, Paul. Yes. What do you, what do you tell a pig on February 14th? Pig on February the 14th. What do you, what do you tell a pig on t- February 14th? Happy <laughs> Valenswine's Day. Oh, for God's sake. Happy Valenswine's Day. We're going to put you on radio probation for the next 10 seconds. I thought that was pretty good. I think. I thought that was pretty good. You know something? Your taste in jokes sucks. What do you think of that? (laughs) Hey, you know, with Jacob not here, somebody's got to carry the dad joke (laughs) banner. That's why why I'm here. Hey, coming up later on this hour, we're going to be joined by Dan Israel, the executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, getting his full thoughts on everything from Super Bowl 57, talking to him at about 1030 this morning. But, Paul, I want to continue on our Super Bowl conversation from earlier this morning. And I, I'm I'm wondering, since you have a background in coaching, and I know you follow coaching, and um, you, you've got some insight that, that I certainly don't have because I've never been on the sideline coaching a team before, what did you think of the halftime adjustments that Andy Reid had uh, t- to come out and be able to have nearly a perfect second half for Kansas City. Well, it was it was really incredible, and and part of and part of the adjustments that he made, he figured out pretty quick that you know that that motion across the field showed it showed that there was some confusion with Philadelphia, and he took advantage of it not once. Can you imagine at the NFL level, uh, not bumping and running or running all the way around along with uh, uh, motion that crosses the field? Happened twice. Two times. Yeah. How does that happen? That shouldn't happen in the City League, let alone in the NFL, and let alone in a Super Bowl. And what I'm talking about is the motion of receiver across the field starting far to what would have been the offense's right side, bringing him over to the left side. One of two things is basically going to happen. Right, let me just make this simple. But basically two things should happen. One is whoever's got the man all the way on the other side of the field runs with him. 
You've got him. You've got him. You're probably in a man, some some sort of man coverage. You've got him. You're going to run with him. He's yours no matter where he goes on the field. Or you're in some kind of zone, so you're going to you're going to bump him off to the outside uh, DB to the outside, and then you, as you come across the field, will stop and take the next inside receiver. Bump and run. Or, or you run with run with the receiver or bump and run. So that's what you do. You bump over. And I can't believe that they didn't do it twice in a Super Bowl. I, got, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, somebody's getting fired on that one. That's that, that was, I, seriously, that was my first thought to myself. Someone's getting fired, and, and that just shouldn't happen. So was this even close? Particularly the second half, it wasn't close with regards to coaching and who was getting out coached. And I hated to see that because I liked the head coach from, from Philadelphia. I kind of liked the guy. And uh, I think he's got a great future. But, you know, he's not coaching everything, and he can't coach everything, and you rely on your coaches to take care of those kind of things. But those little basic things that you can't cover motion across the field, are you kidding me? In the NFL? You yeah. you screw that up not once but twice in the biggest stage in the world. So uh, there was no question in my mind that particularly the adjustments that Andy Reid made at half uh, was just outstanding, just outstanding. Sure. Let, let's talk a little bit about legacy uh, and and what this Super Bowl win means for the legacy of of Andy Reid to get started. All right. Good. Um, you know, I I feel like that this. This victory, you know, he moves to two and two all time in in the Super Bowl, right? He's got two rings. Uh, and I think that two and two sounds a whole hell of a lot better than one and three in <laughs> Super Bowls. Yeah, because I think that you th- then you start a narrative about, well, he could never get over the hump and get get another one. You know, and the list of coaches that have one Super Bowl ring is fairly large. But the list of coaches that have more than one, it gets quite a bit smaller at that point. So overall, what do you think this win for Andy Reid specifically what does it do for his legacy and where he is considered uh, among the all-time greats nothing doesn't do anything really no doesn't do anything he's already there you talk about the all-time greats I'm going to read off four names to you do you mind here's four names for you Tom Landry Bill Belichick George Hallis Don Shula you know what those four guys have in common I know you know but for those that don't know, they're the four coaches in front of Andy Reid in terms of win, number of wins. Tom Landry has 250 wins, is at number four. Andy Reid has 247. He's right there. Three game, three wins, and Andy Reid's in the top four. Uh, I think it's an amazing uh, run that he's had. Uh, I can't believe that Philadelphia would have gotten rid of him, but they did. You know, you always yeah. think the grass is greener on the other side. You know, that's what, what happens in professional sports is, as you know as well as anybody, being in professional sports. Uh, so, you, you you know, where do I think he is? What do I think this win does to him? Does it does this win now mean that he's Andy Reid's going into the NFL Hall of Fame? No, he was going into the NFL Hall of Fame well, before yeah, this win. He, yeah, so what does it that do? was happening before. But I think that what it does, I think it legitimizes – you know, when you get multiple legitimizes, rings, it, does he need to be legitimized? I think if you are comparing him among Tom Landry and George Hallis and Don Shula oh, well. and Bill Belichick, I think having multiple rings, absolutely, well, that's, that's you, a good you point. can then elevate him yeah. in that stature of not only the best, one of the best, one of the best coaches 
currently right now or in this generation but one of the best coaches of all time i all think time. that that's what it does yeah it, you know and because you can you can win you know have more wins than anybody else and that's great and that's absolutely you know a, a milestone but how many times did you get to the very top of the mountain? And I think that that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why Bill Belichick is widely considered one of the greatest coaches of all time, because he has what seven Super Bowl rings or eight. I mean, he's got a ton of them. Right. Right. And so that's, that's part of it is how many championships did he win? And I just think that this win for Kansas city, that takes a lot of pressure and maybe it's not even pressure that they care about or that they think about, but I, I think that it does take some pressure off the shoulders of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and, and some of these other guys because they got their second. And now it's all gravy, right? Like, because you're in rarefied air when you get multiple championships. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do think that it, it, it matters quite a bit for the overall legacy of not only Andy Reid, but Patrick Mahomes and and what he's chasing after. And just, you know, it, it makes me wonder, are we in the middle of a dynasty with this franchise right now? Five straight AFC championship games at home. You've got two rings. You've got three Super Bowl appearances in those five years. Are we looking at a Chiefs dynasty right now? Well, you could. How long does Patrick Mahomes stay healthy? How long does he play? I think a case could be he's made. He's only 27. Yeah, he's got There's a, a long time to go. Yeah. Well, you and I could make a case that he's got at least 10, maybe 13 to 15 years. I mean, and who's to say that uh, uh, Who's to say that his body isn't that prototype body that lasts? That, that, that is, as, as Jacob says, there's a lot of flexibility in, in the body of Patrick Mahomes, which will help him avoid injury, major injury. So, you know, and, and if you have a Patrick Mahomes – and Patrick Mahomes decides, you know something? I kind of like Kansas City. I think I'm just going to spend my career. Why not? I mean, do I want to be Joe Namath on the front of Sports Illustrated in a Los Angeles Rams uh, uniform? I don't think so. So he might just say, you know, this is where I want to be. I kind of feel got a feeling that's what he will want to do. And uh, you got to look at Andy Reid, 62. I believe he's 62. Uh, don't have he's it in 64, front of, I oh, think. 64. Oh, 64. Okay. He's well, somewhere in his early 60s. Well, that's yeah. a guy that's still got at least eight to 10 years of coaching if he wants it, if his health stays good. And uh, so Andy Reid, along with the uh, the program and everything being done in Kansas City, it's being done right. Why not keep Patrick Mahomes? Yes. I guess that's a long winded way of saying, is this a potential dynasty? And I think the short answer is yes. I think there's a great chance. For that kind of dynasty, the dynasty of a Bill Belichick, I believe that is possible. As to what, uh, uh, as to what uh, quarterbacks meant to Bill Belichick, quarterbacks will mean the same thing to Andy Reid. Is that fair enough? Yeah, and yeah, and I'll tell you right now. Uh, my my last word before we go to break is that I absolutely believe that we are looking at a Chiefs dynasty, and the reason why I say that is you go back to 2019. You go back to, to the AFC championship game inside Arrowhead when the Chiefs played the Patriots and the Chiefs were trying to slay the dragon in that game. The dragon, the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, they were trying to slay the dragon. Now you fast forward to 2023, the Chiefs are the dragon and everybody else is trying to slay them. And, and that's the world that we're in right now where they have replaced 
the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick and Tom Brady as that team that everybody aspires to be, the team that everybody wants to take down, the team that everybody is talking about what other teams can do and who they can trade for, sign, or draft to try to be the one that takes down the mighty Kansas City Chiefs. And that's where we've that's where we've switched from 2019 to 2023 it's been it's it's that difference from then to now and with as long as Andy Reid and number 15 and number 87 are there uh, I think that you're always going to see teams trying to do everything that they can do to slay that dragon right and the dragon is absolutely the Kansas City Chiefs all right so we're going to go ahead and, and step aside take our first break of the hour when we come back an interesting story regarding a college basketball team with some ties to Wichita State, it's really bizarre. We're going to tell you all about it coming up after this break. It's Sports Daily on KFH. Is on KFH. Welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Daily on KFH. The best Tommy rock and roll song. Wait a second here. Thank exactly. you, Chad. No, I know. That, that, I know. That, that's the best rock and roll song in the history of rock and roll. Yeah. Double shot of my baby's love. Come on now. We played it for, hey, we played it for a reason, Paul. I'll tell oh. you why. Tommy Caster, Paul Savage, Jad Chambers here on the program. And we had to play that song oh. because we have, to, we have to celebrate you, Paul, because Uh-oh. you are the winner of our... Friday football picks of the week throughout the entire season. I can't believe I'm saying this. You dominated it basically from start to finish. Uh, And so in honor of you, that's our bumper music coming back from break to congratulate you on your big win. I don't need a ring now. That, that bump song right there. Thank you. was just fine. That's all I needed. I thought it was just in the rotation and I got a little excited. Didn't I, Jad? I got a little bit excited. Tommy, he he has been dancing for the last twenty or thirty seconds. It's it's kind of disturbing in here. I'm glad that I I'm glad I don't have visuals on Paul right now. It's one of the times that I feel grateful that I'm not in the same room as Paul, well, so I don't well, have to witness that. Well, it's been fun. I'll tell you what. Every year we do Friday football picks. It is so much fun, and thank everybody for joining us every Friday to get our picks. We sure can't make anybody much money, but we sure have a lot of fun, don't we? That's a, so uh, that uh, I've accepted my ring now in double shot of my baby's love, so I'm good there. I don't need a trophy now. Don't need the ring. I'm happy. Uh, next year's another. You know, it's just as easy for me to finish last next time. I mean, well, that's just look, the nature and, and of the beast here. I think it tells you all you need to know about betting and, you know, sports picks and things like that when Paul Savage wins – but a lot of weeks he's picking teams based on the color of their uniforms and how much NIL <laughs> money they're getting. Uh, that tells you all you need to know about, about that world. It's, it's a, it's a crap shoot. All right. So we're going to get into this topic. It's, it's really weird. Uh, New Mexico state. Uh, and I don't know, Paul, how much you followed this story, but uh, it's been just a complete disaster for 
the New Mexico State basketball program. They have canceled the remainder of their season. Uh, and, and there's been a lot that's gone on with them. A few months ago, one of their players got into an altercation with players from the University of New Mexico. There was a shooting that was involved. So that happened a, a couple of months ago. And now the university has canceled the remainder of the season after uh, three players were accused of hazing another player. And there are accusations of false imprisonment, harassment, and criminal sexual contact with the, with, against a teammate. Uh, it's bizarre. And the reason that we're bringing it up on the show right now, the current head coach of New Mexico State is Greg Heyer who was an assistant coach under Greg Marshall at Wichita State University. Uh, this whole thing is, is bizarre, Paul. Right. And having, uh, and having interviewed over the years several times uh, Coach Hire, uh, I've always liked him. I've always thought he was a good coach. I always knew that he would at some point get his chance to run his own program, and this was a great place to start. I've always, I've always thought highly of New Mexico State. Part of it is because it's a beautiful campus. I've been there once or twice. It's a beautiful campus. That part of the country, Tommy, as you know, you know, the southwest, uh, you know, New Mexico is, is spectacularly beautiful. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, there's a lot going for that particular school. And, and you see this happen and you think to yourself, what in the world is going on over there? And I don't know how much control Coach Hire has in, in, in controlling this, but it's all new coaches. It's basically, practically all new players who have come into a basketball program to basically get an education, play basketball. And then something like this happens. Basically, this was caused by three different players uh, who who acted in, in ways that are just horrifying to me. Horrifying. Yeah. And what yeah. they've done. But, you know, as bad as that is, you know, the most horrifying part to me is why nobody tried to stop it. There are another right. 10 guys on that basketball team that weren't involved, uh, weren't the three that that basically kidnapped this kid or the kid or the victim. So that still leaves around 10, 11, 12 kids still playing on that team, managers, things like that. Why didn't somebody try to stop this? That to me is well, the yeah. is the worst part of this story. And it's an unsaid part of the story. Nobody really brings that up. But for me, that's the troubling part is I would like to think, and I don't know, it's hard to say when you're in that situation, I would like to think that I would say something about it. Uh, I would do something about it. Uh, I would know when something goes too far. I'm sure it started out as just a prank, and it got, but it got out of hand, and it got out of hand pretty fast. I would like to think I might have been that guy that said, enough's enough. Come on, guys. That's it. But nobody did, and that's what yeah. kind of – that's kind of the one thing that kind of bothers me worse than anything else on this whole story, Tommy. I don't know if that's the right way to look at it, but, man, that's that's bothersome to me. Well, the, these accusations come three months after Mike Peake, who was a forward on the New Mexico State University team, shot and killed a University of New Mexico right. student. Police called it self-defense. So that happened three months ago with a player in the program. And now these hazing allegations where you're talking about criminal sexual misconduct and false imprisonment from three players on another player. Uh, the NCAA has a term that they use when they're bringing down violations on a program. And that term is lack of institutional control. That's what the NCAA uses. And this, in my mind, is a clear example 
of lack of institutional control. And I don't know Greg Heyer personally. Um, I remember when he was in Wichita. I remember when he was coaching with Greg Marshall and Chris Jans and, and that group at Wichita State. Of course, Greg Heyer replaced Chris Jans as the head coach of the Aggies program when Chris Jans went to Mississippi State. So another shocker connection there. But it was Greg Heyer's first season as the head coach with this program. Uh, and I'll be shocked if he remains the head coach. I don't think that there's any way, Paul, that after you've got one player shooting and killing another player w in self-defense and then these allegations, I don't think there's any way that Greg Heyer keeps his job. Right. Well, I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of sad about that. I don't sure. know that it's totally fair. But yet, it's Greg Heyer that brought these well, kids in. He's the in. leader the, of the program. Yeah, like you've yeah, got to make sure that you're it. taking care of everything. And he and he's the one that brought them in. Uh, so that's where it falls. I feel bad about the fact that that he's going to take the fall. Of this he probably deserves the, to take the fall. Uh, you know, you you hope you're bringing in good kids. There are things that you can look at in one's past to figure out if if these can be the type of people that you want on campus. Because every one of these kids is a reflection of your program, of your university, and to a yeah. lesser extent, uh, a reflection of the state of New Mexico, because this is a state university, and New Mexico is in the name of this university. So uh, there's a lot to be considered. I feel bad that, that this is going to happen to Greg Heyer, because I, I, like I say, I always liked him, and he was always kind to me. And, I, and, and uh, with that being said, something's got to happen. And there's, there's been a gross misjudgment on the character of kids that have been allowed to come in and be a part of this basketball program. And someone's going to take the fall for that. I hate it that it's Greg Heyer, but it's going to probably be Greg Heyer. But that's the way it's got to be. Something's got to happen. And, yeah. uh, you know, I want, I want this to be cleared up, and I want New Mexico State University to be able to flourish as a university. Like I said, wonderful people down there, great people. I, I've known a few coaches over the years that have been there, and, and they're great, great people. Great people have associated themselves with New Mexico State basketball, as a matter of fact. How about uh, Coach Henson, uh, Lou Henson? How's that for a, sure. for a guy? Yeah. What, what's he got, Five, 600 wins at New Mexico State? Something like that. I'm not sure off the top of my head. But, I mean, there is history at, at New Mexico State in basketball. And, uh, and it's not just Lou Henson. It's others as well. But, you know, this is, gosh, it's just shocking to the senses when something like this happens. I hate it for Greg Geyer, but higher, but man, I, I just, you've got to look at the kids you're bringing in. And that's exactly what this situation is. There are kids on that yep. campus that shouldn't be there, Tommy. Yeah. And you've, you've got to look at the kids you're bringing on campus and then Bingo. you've got to make sure that you've got control, control. of your program. Control. And, and well unfortunately said. it doesn't look like yeah. Greg Heyer yeah. had control. And so he's been on administrative leave. His entire staff has been uh, for a while now. I can't imagine that. He's going to return to the program or really anybody from his coaching staff will be. It's a weird, bizarre story. We're bringing it up because Greg Heyer has the Wichita connection as a former assistant coach for the Wichita State Shockers and uh, really uh, unfortunate. Uh, we'll continue to follow it here on Sports Daily. We're going to take another time out. When we come back, we'll be joined by Dan Israel, the executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, to recap and react to everything from Super Bowl 57, Caster Savage, Jad Chambers producing at Sports Daily on a Tuesday. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network 
from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Over. I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered. Joining Sports Daily Live, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Daily on KFH. Tommy Castor, Paul Savage, and Jad Chambers producing the show. We are joined by the executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. And uh, Dan, I guess my first question to you is, we are less than 48 hours removed from the Super Bowl championship. How you feeling? How tired are you right now? Uh, <laughs> how's everything going right now for you? Well, I think you get a sense for how tired I am by the end of this interview, for sure. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll see if I get the right teams and names right. It's a mush, <laughs> I'll tell you. What a, you know, it's it really starts. It's a long week anyway, right? I mean, it's yeah, long hours. You get up early. You're on Radio Row all day talking to, and you and and you're just your mind is constantly at work as these people pass by you, and you go, oh. Hey, that's Derrick Henry. Let's get him. Or, uh, hey, that's you know uh, Charles Woodson. Let's get him. You know, and so you're 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 kind of at it all week long, and then it finally starts to slow down. Well, just as it started to slow down, my body decided, hey, why don't we get the stomach flu? That would be fun. Oh, <laughs> that would be gosh. awesome. Oh my. And yeah, so I spent I spent all day pretty much. Uh, I finished my interviews on Thursday about noon. Crashed for a couple hours, got up, had to do a thing for the Chiefs that night, and then I spent all day Friday in bed, had to get up, do a dinner. Then I finally, Saturday, kind of started to come out of it, and and just in time to, you know, write scripts and finish production and get the game on sure. the air. And and then game day is a whirlwind, man. I mean, you're on the air right. all day, and you guys know what it's like to do a shift. It's, you know, time moves incredibly fast, and and yeah. so it started this 24-hour whirlwind where really the party did not stop at the team hotel much before we were back on the air Monday morning. And mm. uh, wow, yeah, so – and then you're traveling home through all of that, and it's not just you traveling home. Now, fortunate for me, 
I, I'm very fortunate to get to travel the team charter because the rest of my crew had to fly home on the friends and family charters for the Chiefs, and the and they went through the normal airport stuff. We didn't have to do that. Oh, we we did it yeah. all at our hotel. But that Sky Harbor Airport, you have 350,000 people leaving that w- came to visit the golf, the waste management golf tournament. You have another half million people that came for the Super Bowl. So you had a million people trying to get home on on Monday morning. It was just an absolute traffic nightmare. And uh, yeah. but it's all worth it, man. <laughs> it's all worth yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's let's start off with uh, kind of a thirty thousand foot view here, uh, and, and one of the things that we've talked about on this show over the last couple of days, and uh, I know a lot of folks are are talking about this now. Th- this win for Kansas City was about legacy. It was about the legacy of Andy Reid, the legacy of Patrick Mahomes, the legacy of the the state of this organization right now and the last five years and and the way that everything has you know been building up, culminating in this moment. From a thirty thousand foot view, where do you stand on all of that? And what do you think that this second Super Bowl win in four years, what does this do to the overall legacy of the team and then some of those individuals that I just mentioned? Yeah, I, you know, I actually think it's huge, and I'll tell you why. Um, they're not done. They're they're young, uh, with the exception of Coach Reed, and I don't really feel like, you know, despite the story coming out about him retiring, I've never heard anything like that out of his mouth, and and frankly, he loves doing what he does. Their family, Tammy loves him doing it. Tammy's not, you know, uh, pushing him to retire that I've ever heard, and so I, I don't. I don't. I think you're going to see several more years of Coach Reed and Patrick Mahomes, and and maybe even a, a year or two more of Travis Kelsey. And and so when you look at it from that standpoint, their ability to possibly get back to another game or even two, uh, it puts them in a class that would be so rare and so small that it. But they couldn't have been. They couldn't have done that had they not been able to get another one. You've got to yeah. go get, you know, you got to get started on that path. And so for me, it, it indicates a pacing that would allow them to be a very unique uh, in a class of people that's very small. And uh, so it already does, to be honest with you. The second one alone already really does say the first one wasn't an accident. You know, the, the these guys know what they're doing. When you look at, they put it that the second one came with almost a completely separate team than the 2019. And so guys for Mahomes, uh, for coach Reed, I think coach Reed, you know, should probably have already been uh, as Mitch Holta says, it should already be on the coaches Mount Rushmore anyway, just from yeah. everything that he's accomplished in his 23, four years, whatever it's been. But even the guys like Mahomes, and I'll point it, I'll make this point in that he's now passed what Lynn Dawson accomplished. And that's saying something. Lynn Dawson was a Super Bowl MVP, a league MVP. He was, he'd won a Super Bowl. He'd lost a Super Bowl. Same could be said for Patrick Mahomes prior to Sunday. Now you got to say he's a two-time league MVP. He's a two-time Super Bowl MVP and he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. That's something Lenny wanted to do, but never got done in his, in his career. And so I think when you look at it that way, it takes guys like Kelsey and Mahomes and cements them as first ballot Hall of Famers for sure. Uh, I, I just can't imagine a world in where that isn't going to take place. Uh, and, you know, 
people talk about Aaron Rodgers being one of the greatest to ever play the games. Well, I don't, I think Mahomes is on a pace to blow that out of the water, you know? So yeah. I, it's, it's big, man. It really truly is big. Not that the work is completely done, but you can see them building a path to that. Yeah. Let, let, let's dial in a little bit more on the actual game. I mean, it wasn't easy. And, and of course going into halftime, uh, it looked fairly bleak uh, that that first half was uh, not the way that I think uh, Kansas City wanted it to go. Uh, the Eagles did a great job on ball control. They basically were able to do whatever they wanted offensively. You know, take away the, the Jalen Hurts fumble. It was pretty much a, a perfect first half for the Eagles and what they wanted to do. Uh, the, the Chiefs defense couldn't get off the field on third and fourth down in that first half and it extended drives for the Eagles. In your mind, as you're watching that first half play out, and then you see Mahomes go down, reaggravate that ankle injury, going into the locker room, what was your what was your thoughts going into halftime? Oh yeah, just I mean, it, the the crowd was really more Eagles fans than Chiefs fans, and so it wasn't like in Jacksonville inside Arrowhead when Mahomes initially injured that ankle and in. There were 70,000 fans in stunned silence sitting there, yeah. and it was this eerie. But inside our press box, it was tough, man. I mean, you just – you could almost feel the thing slipping through your fingers. You could almost envision Chad Henney coming out there and giving it this heroic effort <laughs> and keeping the game close <laughs> and all of that. But, you know, it, in the end, it was going to be that you didn't have your star out there. And and so it was just uh, – and, and to watch him grimacing, I don't even think – he was in as much pain in, in, when he initially injured it in the Jacksonville game as when you saw him on the bench in this game. I mean, they had a tight close-up shot of him just what looked like in bone-breaking pain kind of, uh, you know, just and to see that on his face. He just – I know he's a tough kid. I, I've been around him enough to know he's tough, and I knew he would come back. What I didn't know is he would come back and look like Patrick Mahomes. I thought he'd come back and look like an injured Patrick Mahomes. Well, Paul Savage here. It's a pleasure and an honor to talk to you, Dan. Thanks for for taking uh, my question. And and I before I get to my regular question, I just got to know: Do you get a Super Bowl ring? I do. Is this your, so? You, so it. this is your second Super Bowl ring. How cool yeah. is that? Everybody strives for a ring, and that's I think that is so cool. And and one of the reasons you're going to get this ring is because of the play of the offensive line. Tommy and I were talking earlier in the show about about just how great the offensive line played. That was a bone of contention. For the last two weeks, we've talked about, oh, my gosh, will the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line be able to handle the defensive front of the Philadelphia Eagles? It's the number one pass rush team in the entire league. The Eagles are great. They're wonderful. They're going to get pressure. It's going to change the course of the game. Not so much, my friend. Not so much. Yeah. Talk a little about about how did the, the Chiefs prepare? How did they get that performance out of, of this offensive line against this number one defensive line? Well, Paul, I, the first thing I'll tell you is I, I sat down with Andrew Wiley yesterday and his parents. Uh, we were just hanging out at the hotel waiting to leave. And we were talking, and I had to be honest with him. I get asked all the time, you know, if you get a second ring, what finger are you going to put it on? He's like, I'm not, I'm not making that decision until I have to. It just felt like it was wrong to kind of pre-decide that. So I was telling Andrew Wiley, I said, I, I realized this morning I've been really hard on Orlando Brown most of the season, to be honest with you. I mean, it kind yeah. of started in training camp, and 
I just felt like, you know, Brown wasn't quite what, you know, the caliber of a left tackle that a guy like Patrick Mahomes needed. I mean, I'm, I really was less than glowing on him. And now all of a sudden I realized he was one of the reasons that I had to decide which finger to put the second ring on. Right, right. You know? <laughs> it's like, uh-oh, I owe the guy an apology and a thank you on that. And uh, and, uh, and I told Andrew Wiley, I said, you know, your, your pancake yesterday kind of started all of that. And But, uh, you know, I think one of the fascinating aspects about this is uh, – these guys, for whatever reason, the offensive line I'm speaking of, Chiefs offensive line, they seem to, much like the Chiefs team, the more you tell them they're bad and they can't get it done, you're never going to be able to compete against those Eagles. Man, that, that defensive front, just too powerful. I mean, look at, look at the stats all season. You, no way you guys are going to be able to handle that. It's going to be Super Bowl 55 all over again. You know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be running east and west all day. And the more you tell them that, the better they play. I don't know why that is for, you know, you'd think you'd be able to get yourself mentally in a spot for the Super Bowl to play no matter what somebody said about you, but uh, it sure worked well. I, I thought the most amazing part about Super Bowl 57 was the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes was sacked zero times. Right. Zero. Yeah. And that was just not a stat I would have put cash on. There's, I would have said that, you know, hey, it won't surprise me if they keep him upright for most of the day, but there's going to be a couple of sacks for sure. Uh, there was not. Uh, I just think that's one of the most impressive things that was accomplished, silently accomplished. And this game really was set up to be about performance in the trenches anyway, and so that's literally what it came down to. Let's talk a little bit, Dan, about the halftime adjustments from uh, not only Andy Reid but his coordinators and what they were able to do basically in putting together a, a perfect game plan in the second half. And, and uh, you know, it's just it's remarkable the way that they played that second half. Uh, no penalties, no turnovers, no sacks, uh, one incompletion, and that was a throwaway in the back of the end zone from Patrick Mahomes. I, I saw a stat that in the second half, the Chiefs had uh, like a maximum of 231 yards they could gain and they gained 228 out of the 231 in the second half. And, and the only reason that they didn't get all of it was because they deliberately didn't Jared score McKinnon. with Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they ran around yeah. and kneeled the ball down. So, I mean, it was as perfect of a second half as you could absolutely play. And they had to have it to win the game. So talk a little bit about what you saw as far as adjustments being made at halftime from that coaching staff. Yeah, Tommy, it was interesting. I, I spoke with multiple players, and they all – told me the exact same thing. I kind of figured what coach had said to them at halftime. Look, we have a game plan. We're a tick off here. We're a tick off there. It's kind of the way coach is, you know, he's not going to go in and say, Hey, let's do, look, this isn't working. Let's change everything. Uh, he's very consistent with all of that. And I kind of figured that's what would be his message. And then the coordinators typically get up and, and they do some minor adjustments. Hey, we want you instead of lining up, two yards from the numbers, line up three yards from the numbers, or, you know, they make these little adjustments. And, but the big deal, and, and there's two things. If you're a Chiefs fan right now, you got to thank Rihanna in the, in the NFL for making a 30-minute halftime because it created two situations that really enabled the Chiefs to win this game. The first was it allowed the medical staff to work on Patrick Mahomes' ankle and get him to a point where he could come out and look like Patrick Mahomes. 30 minutes, I think it was 40 minutes between his injury and when he had to actually go out on the field again. 
40 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's what a luxury. You are not going to see that in a normal game. So thankful Rihanna's concert took, a, you know, another 10 minutes within what was normal. The second is all of them said universally that after everybody came in and just kind of had a lifeless, they were quiet, kind of looking down, and they were all sitting at their lockers, and Mahomes just went into an absolute, you know, uh, what was it? A, a you know a, a Notre Dame speech, a Rudy speech, and right, yeah. after he concluded, he threw it to Kelsey, and Kelsey finished it for another two minutes. And guys told me that they were like six minutes from going back out on the field, and because there was still six minutes of halftime, and they were all so wound up, they were like, "Let's go, let's go now, let's go, let's go," and they couldn't wait to just get back out there. And they came out with an energy that they did not have in the first half. And you said it, man. They, they went four drives. All four drives resulted in a score. The Eagles could not stop them, and they were stopping the Eagles. It was like just this renewed energy that Mahomes and Kelsey breathed into these guys. These two veteran leaders, these locker room leaders, just absolutely pumped their team up, got them in a, in a position where they were riled up and back out on the field and fighting with a uh, ferocity that they did not have in the first half. And it made the difference. It literally made the difference. You could see it. You could feel it as a Chiefs fan. When the third quarter opened, it was different. And everyone that every single player that I talked to credits Mahomes and Kelsey for their locker room speech. You know, Dan, two plays signified how, how interesting this game was, and that was the two motions on the on the uncovered touchdowns that the Chiefs scored in the second half. And I guess I haven't heard an explanation from anybody associated with the Eagles as to what happened. And this and the situation is obviously motion from one side of the field to the other side. There's two options: you're either in man defense or you're in zone. If you're in man, you run with you run with the motion. If you're in zone, you bump off the receiver over to the next outside receiver once the crossing motion starts. So it's it's either run with it or you bump. And neither time, that's two times in a Super Bowl, two times at the end of the season that the Eagles did not handle that. Can you explain to me, have you heard anything from the Eagles with regards to how does that happen? <laughs> I've not, Paul, I've not heard from the Eagles, but I can tell you from the Chiefs' standpoint, this is an example of how well coached the Kansas City Chiefs are. They were prepared yeah. for this. The Eagles do a very kind of unique deal when they hand off that that motion across the field. They typically, even if they're in man, will bump, which is weird because it's kind of like yeah. man and zone at the same. Don't do that. That's so right. The, the, right. The Chiefs were told, the Chiefs were prepared that if they bump, when they bump, immediately reverse and go the other direction. And then they flooded Kelsey in there to be a distraction to the one guy that was left. So it left this guy wide, wide open. And they did it twice, mm-hmm. twice. They called that play for wide open touchdowns. I think one to Sky Moore, and I can't remember who the other one, Kadarius maybe? Kadarius, but, yeah, uh, Kadarius. Yeah, so, but that was play design, and I love that. That, that is the genius of Andrew Walter Reed right there. You got a guy who says, look, we can take advantage of this all day if we do it right. And he called it when it needed to be called most. And boy, was he right. They, they absolutely just took advantage of the Eagles situation because those guys were open by 15 yards. I mean, it was, it was just a, and that's another example too, where you've got a guy like Travis Kelsey 
who is sacrificing for his teammate. He knows he's not getting the ball. He's just occupying space and causing the situation to be uh, good for the Chiefs, you know. Well, Dan, of course, the the Chiefs win the game. They get to hoist the Lombardi for the second time in in four years. And um, before we let you go, we've got a couple minutes left before we got to get out of here. But before we let you go, the the floor is yours. I know that we've got a a chance to talk to you all season long. uh, And I know that that you've got a a phenomenal team that you work with week in and week out. Uh, In my opinion, the greatest play-by-play guy of all time in Mitch Holthus. Uh, the floor is yours. Talk a little bit about the, the way this season played out for you and uh, anything else that you want to mention as, as we wrap up this season. You know, uh, it's interesting, Tommy. We were ta- I was talking to Mitch on the plane ride home, and we were just talking about the, the, the differences of 2019 and this season, and that they yeah. were both magnificent seasons. But one of the things we said, 2019 was really magical. Uh, things were just happening and it was like, wow, there's a lot of potential here and they could, they're really good. These guys get along. Let's see where this thing goes. And wow, it, 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 we're going to make it to the Super Bowl for the first time. It was just magical. It was like your first time in Disneyland. This season was far more engineered. Uh, this started right. in the off season where they traded a receiver who was due to make about $30 million a year and replaced him with a wide receiver room that total in total makes about 20 million a year, saving 10 million in cap to do other things. And Kelsey restructured his contract to be uh, team favorable. And there, it was literally engineered. We took seventh round draft picks, guys that were that most teams consider flyers and made them starters. I, I feel like Brett Veach just literally had this huge blueprint and was working his magic and, and doing his thing while coach was taking advantage of the, the players that he was bringing in. And so it really felt like this was a all hands on deck effort and everybody did their part. And without everybody doing their part, it wouldn't have happened. And, and so from my standpoint, from our standpoint of covering the team, very different than 2019, you yeah. had, you know, just a different feel about it. And, and what I love most about, covering this team, being a part of Chiefs radio, the humility of the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, look, they, you know, Mahomes stood up there and said, we got more to do, but he is by uh, all accounts, a very humble human being. Coach Reed is humble. These guys credit each other with the success. Who wouldn't want to work in an organization like that? I mean, how blessed yeah. am I, right? Wow. Yeah, for sure. Well said. Uh, it's, it's magical. It's been a magical season, another Super Bowl win in four years, and we are uh, we're watching a dynasty in the making, Dan. We've really appreciated these visits all season long, and looking forward to to doing it again next year. And and uh, we're glad that we have you here on the show. Let's do it, go Chiefs! All right, that's Dan Israel. He's the executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. We're going to come back, wrap up the show, tell you what's on tap, and put a bow on this Valentine's Day edition of Sports Daily. It's on the way for you next on KFH. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.